welcome to C3 Church to Bukit. We believe Jesus Christ gives life to the full, and we are called to live it and share it. We pray you enjoy this message today. I want to start off today's message by doing a little Bible quiz. If you're watching the premiere on YouTube, you can write your answers in the live chat. And no problem if you don't know the answers or if you're new to the Bible. Hopefully by the end of the message today, you will be able to answer these questions and more. Okay, question number one. Are you ready? Which book of the Bible is the armor of God found? I'll give you a moment to answer. The answer is the book of Ephesians. Now, there are some other books that reference the armor of God, but the book of Ephesians has the most comprehensive description of the armor of God. Okay, question number two. What chapter of Ephesians is it found in? It's found in chapter six. And question number three, how many pieces of armor are there? There are six pieces of the armor of God. How did you go? Did you get some of the answers correct? We'll have part two of the quiz later in the message. Today, we are starting a mini series on the power of prayer. Prayer is so vital to our walk with Christ. It is central to our faith as it's the main way that we communicate with God. There are all types and styles of prayer, quiet and contemplative prayers, Prayers of supplication, where we present our requests to God. We can pray using the scriptures, like using the Lord's Prayer as a prayer guide. And we can read out pre-written prayers from a prayer book. We can speak in tongues, a prayer gift given to us by the Holy Spirit. And then there's intercession prayer, where we lift up the needs of others in prayer. Now, all types of prayer are powerful as they engage the power of our awesome God. Let me remind you that we are praying to a God who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think according to the power that works in us. To him be the glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Ephesians chapter 3 verses 20 to 21. All prayer is powerful. But there are times in life when we will encounter situations where we will need to stand in the authority that God has given us and to engage in what we call spiritual warfare. Today, we are talking about power prayers, prayers that are able to overcome the powers of darkness and the enemy. Now, we don't normally like to give much attention to the devil. As Christians, our focus needs to remain on Christ. But today, as we talk about this topic of spiritual warfare, we need to just cover a few things about this enemy that we need protection from. And this makes sense. If we we're going to be talking about a physical battle as a soldier, you would take time to study that enemy and what you were fighting against. So what do we know? Well, our enemy is called Satan. His very name means adversary or one who opposes. And he's also called the devil, which means slanderer. These names give us some insight into his nature and his characteristics. The Bible explains that Satan was originally an angelic being created by God. 
Lucifer, as he was known, decided that he wanted the honor and worship that was meant only for God, and as a result of his pride, was thrown out of heaven. Even though Satan was cast out of heaven, he still seeks to elevate his throne above God. And Satan will do anything and everything in his power to oppose God and oppose those who follow God. Satan has a certain authority in this world. He is called the God of this age, as described in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4, and the Prince of the power of the air, as written in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 2. He is an accuser, Revelation chapter 12, verse 10, a tempter, as defined in Matthew chapter 4, verse 3, and is a deceiver. One big way that Satan seeks to wreak havoc in our lives is through deception. And Satan tries to deceive us about who he is, about who God is, and about who God says we are. In fact, he is known as the father of lies. In John chapter 8, verse 44, Jesus describes him like this. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth. There is no truth in him. When he speaks, he speaks his native language for he is a liar and the father of lies. As written in John chapter 10 verse 10, Jesus also describes him as the thief that comes to steal, kill and destroy. Now there's a couple of extra things I want to make clear here. Satan is a created being, created by God. He is not equal to God. Satan is not omnipresent. He doesn't have the capability of being everywhere at the same time like God does. But he does oversee a multitude of demons, and he uses this network of evil spirits to tempt and deceive people. The Bible teaches us not to be naive about the spiritual battle that we face. It describes how Christians should be mindful of the schemes of Satan, to be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 8. But as believers, we don't have to be intimidated by Satan as his power is infinitely inferior to God's great power. At the cross, Jesus stripped Satan of his authority. It says in John chapter 12 verse 31, Now is the time of judgment for this world. Now the prince of this world will be driven out. The very reason that the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. 1 John chapter 3 verse 8. And as Matthew chapter 28 verse 18 explains, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to Jesus. And as followers of Jesus, we too have authority. Jesus explains this in Luke chapter 10 verse 19. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you to overcome all the power of the enemy. We are overcomers in Christ Jesus. That's good news. So as we talk about this topic of spiritual warfare today, I want you to feel empowered. Even though this information we've just shared gives us insight into our enemy's nature and what he's capable of doing, we are not to be fearful or intimidated by the devil or the powers of darkness. Because as followers of Christ, we have authority. We are overcomers and we walk in the victory that Christ has won for us. My heart for us today is that when you come up against spiritual opposition or attack, that you'll be able to stand in the authority that Christ has won for you and to overcome that which is trying to oppose you, that each of us will realize the great power available to us as we warfare in prayer.
This brings us to our passage of scripture for today. The Apostle Paul has given us a how-to guide regarding spiritual warfare in Ephesians chapter 6. Let's read from verses 10 to 12 now. Finally, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. As Christians, we are not promised a trouble-free life. Jesus said this in John chapter 16, verse 33. In the world you have tribulation, but take courage, I have overcome the world. There will be battles we will face along the journey. And as this passage describes, the devil has schemes and plans to try and oppose us. And here the Apostle Paul is helping us to recognize that those struggles that we face can often have a connection with the unseen spiritual realm. That there are powers of this dark world that will try and come against our marriages, our children, our finances, our minds, our emotions. Again, this is not something that we need to be intimidated about or fearful of. God does not leave us defenseless against the schemes of the enemy. The Apostle Paul encourages us to be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power and to put on the full armor of God so that we can take a stand against the devil's schemes. Ephesians chapter 6 verses 11 to 17 describes the armor of the Lord available to all believers. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. And in addition to this, take up the shield of faith, which you can use to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Do you feel spiritually heavy or under attack from negative thoughts? Are you battling against fear or insecurities or doubt or other negative emotions? Or is there a particular relationship that you have conflict in at the moment? Or is there tension with the person at work? If we tend to see these types of problems and struggles in non-spiritual terms, we will likely seek non-spiritual solutions. That's why it's important for us to remember that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but powers and authorities. And we have available to us the armor of God to protect us and to keep us safe, and also to help us to stand against the devil's schemes. We can walk in victory as we apply this armor to our lives. Let's look at each of these pieces of armor now. First is the belt of truth. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. Putting on the belt of truth makes sense as we come up against the father of lies. We can combat the lies that the enemy tries to fill our minds with or impact our emotions with by speaking and declaring the truth of God's word. So how can we apply this piece of armor to the circumstances that we may be facing? We need to pursue the truth of God's word regarding your situation. Maybe, for example, you are under attack at this time with feelings of insecurity, that you're not good enough or that you're not worthy enough. You can use the truth of his word as a template to guide your prayers. And you could pray Psalm 139. 
Verse one, you have searched me, Lord, and you know me. Lord, you know my heart. You know everything about me. You can see the areas that I'm struggling in. Verse two, you know when I sit and when I rise, you perceive my thoughts from afar. You know these negative thoughts that are dominating my mind at this time. I want my thoughts to come in line with what you think about me. I rebuke every evil thought, every lie from the evil one. I release your truth to come and fill my mind. In verse 5, you hem me in behind and before and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. God, you will protect me from these evil thoughts. Your hand reaches out to bless me, to bless my emotions, to bless my thoughts. And I thank you that I have the mind of Christ. We can pray using the truth of God's word. And you can also take time to memorize the truth of God's word for quick access when you may need it most. Cover your world with the scriptures. You can put it on post-it notes on your bedroom mirror, scriptures on your laptop screen saver, or phone wallpapers. Anything that will help you to remember the truth of God's word to combat the lies when you are facing a spiritual battle. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. The second piece of armor is the breastplate of righteousness with the breastplate of righteousness in place. A breastplate shielded a warrior's vital organs like the heart, and the lungs from blows that could potentially be fatal. The breastplate of righteousness reflects the righteousness of Christ, which we receive by faith as we put our trust in Christ and receive his forgiveness and mercy for our sins. The enemy loves to accuse us and to condemn us, to make us feel shame and guilt for the wrong things that we have done. But because of the sacrifice of Jesus, because he laid down his life for us, we can receive his forgiveness for the wrong things that we've done. And we can stand before God in right standing, not based on our works, but based on the righteousness that Christ has won for us. This breastplate of righteousness guards our hearts against the accusations and charges that Satan tries to bring against us. And it secures our innermost being from his attacks. So how can we apply the breastplate of righteousness to our lives? We can make it a regular practice to search our heart and confess any sins to God and address any areas of disobedience and to allow his blood to cleanse us and to receive his forgiveness. Doing this will help you not give the enemy the opportunity to bring shame or guilt. And if there's an area of life that feels like it's getting easily tangled up in sin, Ask a church leader to pray with you and help keep you accountable. Also take time to allow God to heal your heart of any pain or hurt and deal with any offenses or unforgiveness quickly. Put on the breastplate of righteousness in place. The third piece of armor is the shoes of the gospel of peace and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Verse 15 speaks of the preparation of our feet for spiritual conflict. In warfare, sometimes an enemy places dangerous obstacles in the path of advancing soldiers. 
And we need to advance the gospel with an awareness that the enemy will try and set traps before us to put obstacles along our path to halt the spread of the good news of Jesus. And one of the easiest ways for the enemy to succeed is to try and take away our peace and tempt us with worry. When we carry anxiousness and worry with us, we are robbed of our peace. But the gospel of peace keeps our feet protected and helps us to navigate through any traps that may be set before us. So how to apply the shoes of the gospel of peace to our lives? As you travel to work or place of study, take time to ask God to order your steps. Ask him to go before you and prepare the pathway ahead that you would walk in God's peace that surpasses all understanding. Ask the Lord daily to fill you with boldness and readiness to share the gospel. And don't let obstacles stop you from sharing the love of Christ to the people in your family, in your workplace and in your community. Be bold and courageous in sharing the greatest news of all, the gospel. You may also like to meditate on the scripture found in Romans chapter 16, verse 20, which says, the God of peace will soon crush Satan underneath your feet. Visualize yourself walking with the confidence in the victory Christ has already won for you and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. The fourth piece of armor is the shield of faith. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, which can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. The Roman soldier's shield was a complex piece of armor. The shield was a soldier's primary defensive weapon, and it was often made of impenetrable wood, leather, canvas, and metal, and could be doused in water to extinguish the fiery arrows of the enemy. Faith is the shield of the believer. Trusting in God's power and protection is imperative in remaining steadfast. When the battle rages, we must remember that God works all things for good, and he is all Always true to his promises. In the midst of a spiritual battle, we must continue to keep lifting up our shield of faith so that we can extinguish all, not some, but all the flaming arrows of the evil one. It's important that we set our faith on God's character and promises, not on our circumstance. So how do we apply the shield of faith? A soldier's shield was strongest when linked with another. Let's band together with other believers in the fight of faith, where we stand side by side, holding up our shields of faith together. Stay connected to church, keep attending connect group, meeting regularly with other believers, and help each other to continue to stand in faith. You could also recount God's past victories in your life and make a list of all the ways that God has come through for you in the past. You may like to keep a prayer journal where you write down the different answers to prayer that you receive. Whenever your faith wavers, recite this list and read the answers to prayer and remember how God made a way. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. The fifth piece of armor is the helmet of salvation. Take the helmet of salvation. As we spoke about in a previous series, the mind is the primary place where the spiritual battle is fought. And it's so important that we cover our minds with a sure knowledge of our salvation so that we will not be moved by Satan's deceptions. Salvation comes to us in the moment we place our trust in Jesus and receive his grace and forgiveness through the finished work of the cross. 
But salvation is also worked out as we journey through life, through a process which we call sanctification. The helmet of salvation is based on the work of Christ, but also involves us as we journey with the Lord and allow him to work that salvation into every part of our lives, where we would give him access to our thought processes and allow him to renew and transform our thinking, that we would indeed have the mind of Christ. So how do we apply the helmet of salvation to our lives? Well, we can surrender any thoughts that don't line up with the scriptures. As Colossians chapter 3 verse 2 says, Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Renew your thoughts with the truth of God's word. As Romans chapter 12 verse 2 says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 5 shows us that we have authority over our thoughts. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, where we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. We can take captive any negative thought that we may have and make it obedient to Christ. That's powerful. So take the helmet of salvation. The sixth and final piece of armor is the sword of the spirit and take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. The five pieces of armor we have already covered are defensive in nature. They protect us against attacks. The one piece of armor that is both offensive and defensive is the sword. When we go into battle, we wouldn't try to defeat our enemy with our belt or chase them down the road with our sandal or throw our helmet at them. We would pull out the sword from its sheath and use it. And when we are tempted by Satan, or when we are under spiritual attack, the most effective weapon that God has given to us as believers is the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Jesus modeled this so beautifully during his temptation in the wilderness. When the devil tried temptation after temptation against him, Jesus used the sword of the spirit. And you can read about this in Luke chapter 4 verses 1 to 13. When the devil tempted him three times, Jesus responds with the truth of God's word every time. As we instructed by James in James chapter 4 verse 7, when tempted, the believer should submit themselves to the Lord and resist the devil and Satan has to flee. The key is to submit to God and resist the devil, knowing that Christ has already defeated him for good at the cross and that Satan's end and his eternal judgment is already assured. So how do we apply the sword of the spirit to our lives? Firstly, we need to arm ourselves to take up the sword of the spirit, the word of God, to be intentional about reading the scriptures, finding a time that you can dedicate to reading and studying the word of God every day where you are free from distractions. When attacked, fight back with the word of God. When Satan attacked Christ in the desert, he told him, no, for it is written. Use Christ's example when Satan tries to come after you. When beaten down, immerse yourself in the Bible. Even those with great faith are going to have days when you feel like you're just barely hanging on. On those days, take an extended amount of time to immerse yourself in his word. Read, study, pray, 
and repeat and take up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Let's do a quick recap quiz to reflect on what we've covered in today's message. Finish the following pieces of armor for me. The belt of truth. I hope you got that one right. The breastplate of righteousness. Feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the hmm, gospel of peace. The shield of faith. The helmet of salvation. The sword of the spirit, the word of God. Hopefully you could remember each of the six pieces of the armor of God. And more importantly, I hope that you will make it a daily practice to put on this spiritual armor. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. As you are clothed in God's invincible armor, you will be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, and you will be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. You are an overcomer. Let's walk in the victory that Christ has won for us today. God bless you, church. Thanks so much for joining us today on this podcast. We hope you are inspired with this message. For more information about our church and our program, please visit c 3